Long days and pleasant nights to you folks. This week's guest is Mimi Hayes. She is a stand-up comedian and author, and she went through a brain injury, and we have an excellent talk about that. If you want to support this and some other podcasts, go to patreon.com slash waywardwordsmithco and check us out there. And then Twitter is always there as well, you know. You go to w underscore w underscore s. You can find us there for all the podcasting stuff. Let's get into it. So you and I know each other very smallly. I'm gonna say a very small mm-hmm. amount. We just met. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and we met because we were doing the same stand-up comedy show. Mm-hmm. So from what I've been able to garner. You d- are pretty new to stand up. I've been doing ish. it for about four years. Yeah, four years. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's longer than I have. I then I don't know why I thought that. Here, <laughs> here, I just moved here. So oh, I see. Here, I'm a baby. Here, you're a baby. Here, I'm a baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you start getting into it? Four years ago. Um, I actually started after I had a head injury. Uh-huh. Um, I'd done like improv before that for a few years, but um, I didn't actually start doing it until I was like, oh, I have all this strange material mm-hmm. that is very specific to me and my situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd started doing it. I'm from Denver, Colorado. Okay. So I was doing it in Denver and doing the open mics, writing material, doing all that, and um, started doing like the comedy works stuff new talent nights and stuff like that um Uh so then i was like oh you could call yourself a comedian that's fine (laughs) you do stand up all right cool um so yeah started with improv and then kind of Mm -hmm. um found my way into stand up kind of by mistake Mm -hmm. and not necessarily by choice like i definitely wanted to do it Uh i had thought about it but i wasn't like going into it being like i'm gonna do stand-up comedy it wasn't like very purposeful it was mm-hmm. just like oh wow this is happening <laughs> I, I always kind of feel a little bit nervous for someone who's like yeah i really want to be a stand-up comedian and you're like, like do, do you, you? <laughs> <laughs> okay they good for you go yeah do- sure <laughs> uh, uh, okay. mm. but yeah um so you're from colorado what's that mm-hmm. like i've never been it's so nice yeah it's okay. great um i've lived there like, pretty much my whole life mm-hmm. and raised there and um it's very different than here. You know, I've had to adjust to like just cultural differences and people and you know, there's a lot more space out there. Yeah, that makes you sense. You know? Um like I feel like I'm not paying that much more in rent, but it's like what I'm getting is like a shoebox, you know, mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been interesting. Um, my whole family's out there, so of course they're like, Why are you in New York? <laughs> <laughs> um, so What are some of the cultural differences? Like I don't know. Um much like about I was used culture. Yeah, I was used to like driving everywhere and having like some semblance mm. of control over my transportation yeah um like traffic's <laughs> a thing but it's not nearly anything compared to like oh i'm just gonna be on the subway for two hours and i might never get off like yeah you know that it's ridiculous to me that some people are just not bothered by like well there's another delay and we're just here like we're stuck underground like in mm-hmm. a metal tube 
yeah. and we're all just going to look at our phones? Like, mm-hmm. what? Um, mm-hmm. So just being pa- more patient, I guess, uh, yeah. with transportation. And people here are a lot more, like, I don't buy that, like, New Yorkers are mean kind of thing. I think the New Yorkers are just, like, straightforward. Yeah. They're, like, just no BS, like... I'm a go, and if you're going to, like, be tentative about it, then, okay, that's your own yeah. fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've definitely noticed myself getting, like, more to the point about, like, I got a place to be. I got to get there, or I'm going to do this, or I don't mm-hmm. have time to talk to you. Like, it's just kind of, like, it changes you, you know, mm-hmm. moving here, so. Yeah. Do you think that's a positive change? Um, In some sense, yes. Mm-hmm. I still want to maintain my own, like, personality, yeah. and I feel like I'm very, like, I have, like, probably too much trust in people sure um so that's probably gonna go away over time um being here <laughs> i mean it depends if you surround yourself with shitty people or not but um right right, right. <laughs> absolutely that makes sense um yeah i find i think the best combination is the straightforwardness of an easterner with like just like the the, the politeness of the rest of the country really mm-hmm. it's just like because there is something of, like, I, I visited L.A. last year, and I was like, oh, everyone's polite. And then everyone's like, yeah, but they're all fake about it. I'm like, if that's the cost of politeness, mm. that might be worth it to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. If they yeah. don't mean things, if they lie, but they're also not mean to, like, they're not rude to me actively, right. that might be worth it, that exchange. Yeah. Um, but you said your entire family's back mm-hmm. in Colorado. Mm-hmm. How many? How many? How many? <laughs> how many of them? Um... So my parents are out there, my brother, my little brother, my sister, my older sister, um, and all the aunts and uncles and Okay, so like all of them. Yeah, 100%. we're from Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that how you say it? Colorado? No, no, we are. We don't ride tractors to school. Um, no. we d- <laughs> There's a lot of, st- I don't know, there are some stereotypes. We're not all, well, some of us are high all the time. Um, uh-huh. That's the main one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I feel like I need to like stop putting that in my, my stand up because I don't smoke. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, hey, I'm from Colorado, right? And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> I should I should knock that off. But it's like very culturally like, oh, Colorado. Like, yeah, my yeah. high city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And was that a, may I ask if that was like a conscious, conscious choice to not like, did you smoke and then go, this isn't for me? What's the Yeah, story yeah, that was it. I mean, it was just like, I couldn't really, I didn't like not knowing what was going to happen sure. to my body or brain. Like, mm-hmm. edibles are no joke. No. Like, you have a piece of chocolate and you're telling me that I'm going to be, you know, in a hotel room for 18 hours and not know what my hands are for. Like, I don't know if I'm... Sounds fun, right? Yeah, that's like a good I've, time. That's not personal experience at all. Yeah. Uh, oh. You know, so um, I just didn't like, I didn't like yeah. that. You know, <laughs> and drinking, it's like, oh, I know if I get to this point, I'm going to be sloppy, so I'm going to stop here. Like, yeah. you, you can predict, like, what you're going to do. Um, mm. So it just is not, like, my thing, you know? Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I just might as well get into it. Um, yeah. You, you mentioned earlier that you started doing stand-up because of uh, a brain injury. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? And can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um. Which is also a big reason why I don't smoke, because I, I'm not trying to screw up my brain any more than it already is. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, feel you there. Yeah. Uh, so I was just starting my student teaching mm-hmm. in Denver, and I just graduated you know, college a few months prior, and um, I... With what degree? I, I was a history major. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, real 
real useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so um, I was starting and I got about five days into my student teaching and I was feeling kind of dizzy and like clumsy, like mm-hmm. tripping off curbs, kind of like unexpectedly, very strange, um, you know, nausea, stuff like that. And we went to go get it looked out. They misdiagnosed me like several times. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's near infection. Oh, it's just, you're mm-hmm. just sad. Like you're just tired. You're just 22, it's fine. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, you know, the thing is I don't feel okay. I don't feel that this is normal. So uh, my poor mother, I mean, she she was a beast. I mean, she pretty much had to threaten people mm-hmm. with, an attorney that I don't think we had one at the time. You know, we didn't have an attorney. But, um, you know, she had to really get on people's case and, and demand for an mm-hmm. MRI because um, mm-hmm. it got to the point where I was in the ER and I couldn't even, like, move my head without, Ooh. like, throwing up. So I was like, that's probably not normal. So no. they did the MRI finally, and um, they found a little brain hemorrhage mm-hmm. uh, in my cerebellum, mm-hmm. which is kind of a little pocket on the bottom, if you know about yeah. brains. Um, yeah. And... Uh, that's like all your motor functions and like, you know, close to the brain stem, like mm-hmm. breathing, like that's mm-hmm. a good thing to have to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they found the brain hemorrhage and they were like, oh yeah, your head's like bleeding and you can like go home now. And I'm like, sorry, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we stayed there and we waited to talk to a, um, you know, neurologist yeah. and he said, you know, um, it's in this little kind of uh, cavern Mm-hmm. A cavernous angioma, if you wanted to know the technical term. <laughs> um, and he said, yeah, it's just contained in there. You know, maybe the blood will, like, go away, you know. So, like, go home, go on bed rest. We'll see what it does, you know, kind of wait and see. Yeah, Injury? That, mm. yeah, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't end good. Uh, I mean, uh, end results, I'm fine, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it actually got bigger. And so when that happened, it kind of, like, swelled parts of my brain. Uh-huh. And so... By like four weeks of like bed rest, I had like lost twenty pounds. Like Ooh. couldn't walk. Um, was seeing double. Yeah, oh, that's wow. the that look right there. That's the look. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like kind of cool to some people, but it's it's not. No. Um, seeing double is not fun. No. When it's just twenty four seven. So, um, at that point, we did another MRI, and they're mm. like, okay, it got bigger, so it's time to take it out. Mm-hmm. And, like, scheduled me for a brain surgery, like, for a few days in the future. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a Tuesday. They're like, yeah, can you do Friday? I'm like, mm, yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> let's do Friday. Let's do a brain surgery mm-hmm. on Friday. Yep. So that was in, that was October 3rd, 2014. And so I had okay. uh, brain surgery. They took the little nugget out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did a few weeks in an intensive, like, brain rehab center. Okay. With a bunch of like really cute old people <laughs> and uh, relearned like how to walk mm-hmm. and see. And it's like amazing what the brain could do. I mean, they yeah. fixed my vision with a piece of tape on my glasses. Like literally from seeing double and even after the surgery, I was seeing sideways and double. Oh, wow. Um, and so within a few days, the sideways went back to like, you know, the normal way that you're supposed to see. Um, but they had to fix the, the vision in my, you know, eyes. And so they just put a piece of tape on uh, one of my little, you know, pieces of my glasses, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of tricked my brain into seeing singular again. That's weird. Like, I just think that's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, like, and also very, like, very low budget. Like, yeah. just like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put some tape on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, 
yeah, recovered and did a lot of therapy. And then mm-hmm. I was back to that same classroom mm-hmm. um, by January. Wow. So it was only a few months of like recovering, you know, like mm-hmm. doing a lot of hard work mm-hmm. for my brain. And then I was like, yeah, I'll go back to teaching right now. That mm-hmm. sounds like a great idea. Um, so. And was it? You know, no. no. Uh, <laughs> I, I did survive my student teaching and got my teaching license. And then oh, I went and taught. Um, I got a, a job in Aurora and taught for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very hard to teach in general. And mm-hmm. it's even harder to teach with a brain injury, mm-hmm. um, it turns out. So lots of stimuli, loud sounds, classroom, yeah. no windows. You know, it was, it was hard. Yeah. Um, and so there are, it, there are still, when you recovered, and that means recovering, but there's still things that, issues that crop up in your day to day with it, mm, yeah? Yeah. And it's, I would say they're, they're all very manageable. Yeah. Um, you know, fatigue. Um, sometimes my vision is still kind of double in the morning, just mm. if I look to the left, which is like oddly specific. But yeah. like if I look up and to the left, I'm like, yo, double vision, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. Um, you know, and uh, lights and sounds and like yeah. lots of stimuli is still like a thing for me that I need to be cautious of, which makes sense because I moved to New York. So yeah, <laughs> very quiet, very relaxing <laughs> place to be. Um, so I just have to kind of be mindful of it. Sure. Yeah. Um, why did you move here? Uh, was it just the stand up? It was a stand up and the uh, writing. I'm okay. a writer and I was trying to get my book published. Oh, is your um, book about your experience? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's called I'll Be Okay. It's just a hole in my head. <laughs> yeah. And I've been writing it since I you know, mm. had the hemorrhage and was just kind of like in a hospital mm-hmm. bed like lol I'm writing a book like not seriously <laughs> at all. And um, then yeah and then after teach you know during teaching it was just like I have no time to like be a human at all because mm-hmm. I'm a teacher but also like to you know foster my creativity and like mm-hmm. be an artist um yeah so it was a big deal and I'd always kind of wanted to try New York and mm-hmm. just like do it and I was like well you're young you're stupid why don't you go right now I just go mm-hmm. um so yeah I moved here to to write and to do comedy and mm-hmm. yeah can you talk a little bit about you mentioned something that I think is worth talking about um when you were saying you didn't have like time for a social life when Mm -hmm. you were teaching Mm -hmm. can you talk about that situation and kind of the uh, emotional impact that had yeah yeah um i I loved teaching i loved the kids yeah you know that's why i went into it is i loved you know helping kids and helping them kind of figure out who they wanted to be Mm -hmm. um the problem with you know being an educator is you don't do anything else yeah like you i mean as a as a first time teacher, you know, I was definitely working 80 hours a week, like, you know, grading in my sleep. And that is not a joke. Like I was literally waking up and being like, uh, oh my God, was I just trying to grade that paper? Do Mm -hmm. I have, oh my God. Like, and it's just, it was really, um, all encompassing, um, Mm -hmm. for two whole years, you know, and I guess technically plus student teaching, you know, it was just everything revolved around my students and my kids and, doing mm-hmm. the job and that didn't really provide for like any room for anything else like sleeping eating exercising like being a human and mm-hmm. that was just dangerous for me um because then i started getting these other, other symptoms like i would i was getting sleep apnea oh wow um and falling asleep um at the wheel 
So <laughs> you know it's bad when you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I know I'm in this life-threatening situation, which is just being in a car, I'm still like, I'm good. I want a nap. Mm, but I could go for a quick little snooze, you mm-hmm. know, at this red light. <laughs> uh, so at that point, I was like, I might. I was just... And maybe I was being dramatic, but I was like, my head might re-explode if I continue mm-hmm. teaching. Um, and it was a hard decision to make because it's like I spent my whole life like wanting to be a teacher and becoming one. Yeah. And it's kind of in my DNA mm-hmm. to some extent. Um, but also like that I discovered that I also wanted to be an author and a comedian, mm-hmm. which were not things I ever thought for myself. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um. Hmm, there was a thing I had, now it's gone. Mm. <laughs> Just gonna make this noise until I figure something out to say. Mm. All right. What caught, co- like, did they give you a causation for the, the hemorrhage or did it just kind of occur? It was, they thought, um, so like the cavernous angioma is like a clump of cells that you can get like anywhere in your body. Um, And so what they think happened is that when I was like growing as a human, Mm -hmm. like a little clump of cells just kind of clumped up in there, like didn't Mm -hmm. do anything wrong, was just totally chill my whole life. And then I, I think I filled in the gaps (laughs) Mm -hmm. that teaching. um, And I also had a really bad um, breakup. Uh So I think there was just some kind of like trauma that led my body to be like, yo, this is not for you. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And of course, I didn't listen to that. I'm like, meh, continue the course, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it probably should have been a clear sign that five days into teaching my head exploded. You know, you think you just kind of take that as a red flag. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. yeah, And so um, what was... The process, like, because you mentioned, like, a lot of motor functions are mm-hmm. went away. What was the process like of, like, physically writing a book and having to commit that also cognitive capacity towards that? Yeah. Was that difficult? It was. I really don't know how I did it, if mm-hmm. I'm being, like, I mean, I really don't know because, like, my left hand didn't work. Oh, like, wow. typing was, like... Um, kind of a joke. You know, mm. when I started, I was like, I'm going to write this. Oh, you can't type with your left hand, though. Mm. <laughs> so it started out as just like documenting things that I was doing in the hospital and that this was all very new for me, like breaking all the rules in rehab because mm-hmm. like I was training for a half marathon like right mm. before this happened. And so when they're like, yeah, you, you need to use the wheelchair. I'm like, a wheelchair? Come on, that's not that's not me. That's really. Um, and they're like, no, but you can't walk. And I'm like, okay, um, we'll <laughs> talk. And so I just kept like trying to do things that I really wasn't capable of doing. And so the book was a way for me to really process what was going on. Sure. And and then you know after I finished like a really really shady first draft, um, mm. I had to I started going to editors and people, and I was like, yeah, I had this great story, and they're like yeah but this is all over the place like Mm -hmm. this is not really a story it's just like a bunch of things and so i had to go back and rewrite the entire book i mean Mm -hmm. i had like sticky notes all over my apartment just Mm -hmm. like of chapters and ideas and i pretty much had to just put them all together all over again Mm -hmm. um and i was doing that all while i was teaching so um it was radical it was just such an insane period of time and now i'm like also trying to write other books and i'm like i don't know if i want to do this yeah (laughs) but you have to you know you have a you feel like you're just you have to process this you have to get through this you have to share your story somehow but i didn't go to school for that you know i didn't Mm -hmm. like 
I'm not, I never really knew how to do that, you know, like, people don't just write books, you know, it doesn't, doesn't come together, you like, you just, it takes a lot of time and a lot of money and Mm-hmm. asking people and you know people telling you like uh, what is this mm-hmm. um so it was several years of just like yeah. working with this behemoth of a of a story so mm. yeah that that all makes sense and mm-hmm. um what was like and also just talking about like a little bit more about I'd like to know a little bit more about like the rehab mm-hmm. um, process. Oh yeah, so, like, was that the original question? No, 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 no. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> okay. Um, but it was like I'd love to know because that I guess for me the idea of not being able to move mm-hmm. is the most terrifying thing in the world, and I would love to know how you coped with that mentally and emotionally and yeah. that sort of process. Yeah. So you know the cerebellum is a bunch of repetitive motions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your brain telling you like put your heel down and then the rest of your foot and then keep moving apparently like Mm -hmm. you know this is not something that you have to think about when you do it um so when that part of my brain was damaged um the rehab was very intensive you know it was like we're gonna do like we're gonna slowly like teach you how to walk again which you know when you're fully comprehensive about that like when you're a baby you don't you're not like oh my god this is so like you Mm -hmm. you have those thoughts but you don't like remember (laughs) them so when you're 22 and you're like oh my god my foot doesn't know how to step anymore um that being said also a comedian Mm -hmm. also in denial so Mm -hmm. like very much coping through um through laughter and Mm -hmm. making all these like probably very inappropriate jokes to nurses and you know becoming very buddy buddy with all the old people yeah in the hospital and so it was you know occupational therapy which was like some of the eye work and the eye exercises you know picture a clock okay go to 12 mm. go to three go to six you know with just your eyeballs um lots of that and then the physical therapy was like you know uh and i'll never forget this and this is like in my book too and it's like very like such a great great moment for me but um <laughs> the first like day of physical therapy um you know, Vicky, shout out Vicky, I'm a homegirl. Uh, Vicky, uh, my physical therapist, uh, wheeled me into the gym, um, you know, because I couldn't you know, do anything. And mm-hmm. uh, she's like, okay, we're going to do this thing called a step test. And so they put out like two brooms and kind of made like a T with mm-hmm. them, right? And she's like, okay, you're going to like walk, you're going to step like over the sticks with one foot at a time in kind of this like C mm-hmm. pattern. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that, of course. And you know, I couldn't at all. I mean, oh. she had to hold me with like, I don't know if you've seen those like gate belts. They're like, they're like pink yeah. and you're like, they're for like old yep. people. And so it's like, that's what they put around me. And Ooh. she held me up, you know, the entire time. And I tried to take one step at a time. And if she wasn't there, I would have fallen on my face and yeah. re hurt myself. <laughs> um, so that was the first time I did that test. And mm-hmm. that took me about a minute of just taking a few steps. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, and if your question also was like, how did you react yeah. to that? It was like a lot of crying. It was just yeah. a lot of like, <laughs> okay. what is actually happening? Like, it's so strange to feel your body is not working with you. Yeah. You know, that's something that like elderly people are encountering as they're, you know, in their 80s yeah. and 90s. And you're 22 and you're telling me like that you mm. just can't do this. Like, that's just not, it's not okay. And mm-hmm. so it was a lot of like emotionally trying to deal with that um, and coping through it. They're like, it's fine. It's whatever. But then mm-hmm. every day, my brain was making these huge improvements. I mean, mm-hmm. things that I couldn't really see, but now when I think about it, relearning how to walk in two weeks is like, yeah. tr- 
terrific. You know, it's yeah. great. Um, and so the last time I did that step test, um, I think the day that I left um, the hospital, uh, I, I did it in five seconds. Very good. You know, I yeah. mean, I was like, yo, listen, this is great. Uh, <laughs> Shagirl is good at stepping. <laughs> so good at stepping. Uh, uh so and I also took a lot of videos at this time, like with my like front facing like uh, yeah. Kindle, like I have like a little uh, like Amazon Fire, like, and oh, I nice. would like just kind of set up my camera, and most of it is just me like talking into it, being like, "This is weird," mm-hmm. um, but some of it I would put it up during physical therapy or have Vicky mm-hmm. like take video of me walking, and mm-hmm. um, and just seeing those now, it's like, whoa, mm-hmm. like it's it's insane, yeah. you know, so. Uh, and you mentioned um, earlier that you did therapy. Were you referring to physical therapy, or did they also offer, like, emotional support <sighs> as well through that? I kind of treated them like they were also that <laughs> emotional <laughs> piece, which maybe isn't fair, you know? Like, sure, um, sure. And since then, I did go to some therapy last year, like, you know, emotional stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And now I'm like, I need to go back to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I need that aspect of my life. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, I really was just super focused on the physical yeah. piece. And then all the emotional stuff is probably still pretty unprocessed. Like, yeah. I mean, the book really did help me sure. get through it because it allowed me to um, cope mm-hmm. with it and not just in the, like, I'm going to make a joke about it way. Yeah. Like, that's kind of how I started the book was like, mm-hmm. this is a joke, you know, mm-hmm. like, I can't walk. <laughs> and like, when I went to editors with that, they were like, yo, but are you okay? Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> Who can say? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. So, Time will tell. Yeah. So I really had to go back and yeah. fix that and be like, okay, this is why I'm joking about this. And mm-hmm. it's it got me through that initial piece. But now I'm like, all right, you got to like deal with your shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you go about, because like, um, which kind of, we, we aren't very similar at all in regards to stand up, but in the one way we are is we're dealing with something that most people think it would be a very negative thing and we're trying to make light of it Mm -hmm. and i would like to know how you go about that process and finding a way that is both respectful but also fun to talk about this sort of thing Mm -hmm. yeah i still work it on that actually (laughs) okay um but it's a great question because so when i got into stand-up as i told you like i was doing my like Mm -hmm. you know i'm having wheelchair races with the old people you know like i was that was my thing. Yeah. Was I was doing my brain injury stuff. Yeah. And then when I got into it, I kind of started to, I guess, pick up on people not relating to it or, mm-hmm. you know, just going like having the like, I don't know, I, I call it like the cancer face. Like, it's yeah. just like, you know, like when yeah. people look at you and they're like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, they freeze up and you're mm-hmm. like, no, it's cool. Just wait a minute. Give me a second. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so I actually kind of shelved my brain bits, uh-huh. if you will, for a while until recently. And the brain injury show that, or not, okay, it wasn't a brain injury show. Mm-hmm. I, it meant that to me, but it was yeah. a brain awareness week show mm-hmm. that we were in together. And I was like, this is my jam. You know, yeah. this is where I can do that material because, um, you know, and so, um, oh, what was the question? Like, how do you balance? The, oh, the how life? do I balance? I'm still, like I said, I'm still mm. very much trying to understand how to um, give this information in a way that makes them feel comfortable and mm-hmm. not like weird or sorry or like, you know, like my biggest mm. thing is like, I'll be like talking about my scar and how yeah. like 
cute it is. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so cute. Like, don't you wish? No, you don't. Uh, you, know, it's like you don't want. Um, and just talking about the nature of my brain injury and trying mm-hmm. to make it like relatable and funny. Um, but it is a big hole that I'm digging, right? It's, yeah. it's revealing the information that I had a brain hemorrhage. Yeah. But you need to laugh at it. You know, because I like when people laugh. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe you feel this way, too. Like when people laugh at what you say, you're like, I'm important. (laughs) That feels so good. You know, Mm -hmm. it feels good when people laugh with you, at Mm -hmm. you, you know, in your direction. And uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to get that material in a place uh, in a way that people can be okay with it. You know, I have to tell Mm -hmm. them, like. You guys, this happened to me when I was eating cheese fries, okay? Like, you yeah. need to relax. <laughs> you need to chill, like, you know? Yeah. And I love Tig Notaro. Yeah. Notaro, Notaro. Um, you know, I I love that sh- that's her thing, too, is just being like, okay, you know, yeah, you, you can process this in your own way. I'm not going to be mad at you mm-hmm. if you don't get it right. Like, it's like, I'm talking about a very heavy topic. So if mm-hmm. you were just straight out giving me the same kind of laughs, I think I'd be worried about you, you know? Like, yeah. So... That does make sense. Actually, that's really good that, like, there are different kinds of laughs and, like, it's okay that the audience is uncomfortable for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like a lot of comedians really hyper-focus on, like, making sure X number of laughs per, Mm -hmm. like, per second, that whole algorithm thing. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. But, like, also, what are you talking about? Right. And there are different, I mean, there's a huge difference between an uncomfortable laugh Mm -hmm. and a hearty, I think my eyes are crying, like Mm -hmm. laugh. And there's just, they're so different. Mm -hmm. And I think comedians can get better about distinguishing between those Mm -hmm. and also not getting upset at the audience when they don't produce what you think they should sound like. It's Mm -hmm. like, you don't know them. You don't know, like... Yeah. You know, I hate, like, my biggest thing is I hate when comedians are like, when so- they don't, someone doesn't laugh at a joke, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck this guy, right? It it's like, like don't no. be mad at them. Yeah. Like, stop that. You know, like, I get so. We get you're mad at you yeah. right now, but that's fine. No, this is your fault, man, because, <laughs> you know, you need to just be more um, mindful, I guess. Of yeah. That. I think it's also a lot of like, um, like, that sounds like a you problem, man, that you're upset that this joke didn't work out. And right. it's just like, get them on the next one. Don't worry yeah. about it. Like, um, <laughs> I come from uh, acting background mm-hmm. and one of the classes, one of the techniques that I learned is Meisner technique, which is about like be, just being present, engaged in the moment. And one of the things that is very helpful is if you miss something, we'll just get the next one, you know, just keep mm-hmm. going forward. Um, but Oh, right. The way I, um, the way I, I've learned kind of to avoid that idea of like, oh, why aren't you laughing at me here? Mm-hmm. Is I kind of realized you're not, because this is that there's that term getting a laugh. Oh, this will get a laugh. Mm-hmm. I don't think you get a laugh. I think you allow a laugh to happen. Does that make sense? Yeah, or even like earn, like yeah. earn a laugh. Yeah, sure. Because like people want to, they want to laugh. They want to have do. a good time, mm-hmm. and then you're just like allowing that to happen through a focus. It's just like for that amount of time, you are the focus that is allowing people to have a good time, and that's the point of it. And if you're doing kind of anything other than that, it's just like well, that seems very self-centered. But mm-hmm. you know, who can say? Yeah, because that's like that's got to be a lot to process emotionally. That like you're because that you're basically your body was just like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, like, doing its own thing. Mm-hmm. Like. And that, 
I would imagine that would cause a certain level of anxiety. And then how much are you unpacking that on your day to day and like dealing yeah. like li- how do you live with this uh, every single day? Because I would imagine yeah. you wake up and you're like, well, that happened. Uh huh. Well, I mean, it's funny because I already had anxiety and like some depression like before this happened and it was also like very undiagnosed too it was Mm -hmm. like oh you just like pass out every time you get your blood drawn like that's fine (laughs) like that's (laughs) my parents were like yeah you're just like you're you're just kind of wimpy you know (laughs) and like and it's taken me even uh, this year maybe last year when they were my doctor was like that is a physical manifestation of anxiety. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you mean that's not just me being like, you know, a sissy pants? Just like, uh-huh. mm, yeah. Oh, I'm just, oh, I'm going to faint. Like, it's, I'm, <laughs> it's my body being like, we are dying. We're mm-hmm. going to pass out. Mm-hmm. Which is a really lame, like, you know, response to that. But, you know, so, um, so with the, the dealing with it today, um, it's something that I honestly forget about a lot because yeah. I am so, you would never know looking at me that mm. I, I went through that, that I was, you know, wheeling around in a wheelchair, popping wheelies, like mm-hmm. making jokes about not being able to see straight, you know, mm-hmm. like that's not something that you could see. And I even forget about it. You know, it's 2018. It was about four years ago now. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's something that I, when I remember it, I think I do get sometimes like, oh that's why you're like really tired that's why Mm -hmm. you like need a nap Mm -hmm. you know like that's that's why you're struggling with like you know relationships or like there were things that that i remember and that i um i have to kind of go back through that sometimes i don't think it's daily i wish i was that person that's like oh my god like just appreciate your life like you're alive like i'm not like no you it's not that way it's just it's not because you're still a person you're still a human and you still are like angry about burning your toast and like Mm -hmm. you know missing the sub like you're still just a person and you just deal with all those and it's cool to have those everyday issues you know Mm -hmm. there was definitely a time when i wasn't sure if i could go back to being a normal person or if i would just like Mm -hmm. be in my parents house forever like just unable to do anything um so that that's the biggest thing for me is just being like okay you're a person you get to be a person and that it also for me it's like that wasn't my ending point yeah like in terms of mental health and like you know it wasn't like i was just like oh i had a brain surgery i'm good for the rest of my life like mm-hmm. no other issues uh <laughs> it's not how it works mm-hmm. there's no like cap to that so for me realizing like you still need to maintain things you, you should probably do more physical therapy you mm-hmm. should probably do some of those eye exercises you know mm-hmm. like um trying to help my brain moving forward now that this has happened at such a young age you know i I healed pretty quick from it but it doesn't mean that the symptoms or the emotional Mm -hmm. scarring is not still there um which is important to think about it's Mm -hmm. important to you know um maintain that i guess are you worried that it's going to happen again you know i'm not um Mm -hmm. i had an mri I think mm, last year, the year before that, um, I did like a a checkup, you know, and Mm -hmm. it was actually when I was falling asleep at the wheel was when I went back Mm -hmm. in because I was afraid um, that maybe that was something else Mm -hmm. that was um, happening. And they said, no, you know, we we (laughs) went in there and we saw, you know, the that we saw where the blood came out, where we did the surgery, but there's no re hemorrhaging. Mm -hmm. There's no we didn't miss a spot. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I have friends who have brain surgeries and they like literally 
messed it up the first time oh, and i'm like oh my god so there's none of that you know mm-hmm. it, it's very 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 rare that this could happen again to me mm-hmm. um that being said like should i take better care of myself yeah i should i definitely should i, I mean i think that's everybody like yeah. every day i'm like well why am i still drinking coffee and putting <laughs> so much sugar in it oh man this yeah is terrible. it's it's hard like it's, to, to balance your life in a way that helps you like live and sustain mm-hmm. is really hard for yeah. everybody yeah you know and i feel like it's just higher stakes for me because mm-hmm. i'm like yo but you could get so tired that you like you know pass out or something mm-hmm. you know in a very inconvenient place so. yeah um did you notice the spike in your um anxiety once you moved here um yeah i mean it was a huge learning curve it was a, a lot of change in a very short period of time um i think i was also just like so taken by the you know the city mm-hmm. you know that you're like whoa lights and woo pretty and like oh i don't have a job i should probably find one of those <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um <laughs> so i think uh as i've settled in i think is when i i'm noticing some more things that i need to deal with um but i mean what's funny too is i don't think i mentioned like how i said i was all fainting and mm-hmm. I, I, like my trigger i guess that i've learned now is like medical things mm. you know i can even pass out if we're talking about something super medical that isn't always about me it could be like you're like yeah i had like you know uh my lungs there's something in my lungs and mm. I, my body will literally be like oh shit that means that we are dying also like and i'll just and then i'll like i can I, it can happen to me it's episodes that have happened and even like when talking to friends in bars and i'm like yo i'm gonna pass out let's not talk about that (laughs) and it's embarrassing um that being said that anxiety was not present during my brain surgery days interesting um because i had no choice it was just like you're full of needles and they're gonna stab you (laughs) i mean they would just come through every few you know hours and come stab me in the stomach you know with like blood thinners you know and so you'd think i'd be like and like you know (laughs) passing out (laughs) and literally i was fine like literally i became so annoying i was like oh hey guys they're just gonna come and stab me in a minute like if you need to look away because you're kind of squeamish like go ahead and like it was ridiculous coming from me you know um so yeah. now that normal i guess for me anxiety is is back and mm-hmm. uh you know it's it's ridiculous it's like i know i always know what it's gonna happen mm-hmm. i can always i tell the people that's drawing my blood i'm like yo i need to lay back I need to have some sweet sounds and some orange juice ready in case I pass out. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's embarrassing. But to know that it's like, it's okay. And that that's like a thing that your body can do without mm-hmm. you like controlling it is is the biggest thing for me to be like, all right, yo, it's fine. I just like don't want to talk about, I probably can't watch Grey's Anatomy. You yeah. know, I probably, it's probably <laughs> not in my future, you know, like. Yeah. Because I just, um, my body will kind of like lock into that like health trauma, like trauma, mm-hmm. You know, it get kind of shaken up in that. So yeah, that make that that makes a lot of sense. Like mm-hmm. I don't think anyone who's like you would begrudge you the right to faint at medical things. Yeah. Um, I also kind of want to talk a little bit more about like you you went from teaching to this like more artistic pursuit. Like, and you said that was a really hard decision, and that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of walk me through that decision process and why? Why do this? Yeah. Um, Maybe why? Right. Why, why do this? Why? Um, you know, I hit a really, really low point um, mm. that second year when the year like just started and um, I like gone through like another breakup that was like very traumatic and mm-hmm. um, went to meet with my friend who had quit teaching the year before. It was very close to me and I was like, I'm like 
more than just unhappy about this relationship ending. I think I'm happy with like all of my life. You know, it was a big like moment where I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm kind of that emotional, you know, relationship had ended and everything was gone with that. I was like, well, what's stopping me from doing something really different? Mm -hmm. You know, because when you're in a relationship, you don't feel like you can like change your whole life around. You know, you're not necessarily in a state where you're like, I'm just going to move across the country. Okay, bye. Mm -hmm. Um, So when a relationship ended for me, I was like, hmm, well... I don't know if I want to be a teacher anymore. So there's that. Um, what do I want to do? And to me, this being an author thing was was very important to me. Mm-hmm. And I never treated comedy like it was going to be a, what paid me. Yeah. You know, people always are like, oh, you're a comedian. So like, how much do you? I'm like, don't ask me that. Like, <laughs> you know, it's zero dollars. <laughs> you know, I get paid in beer. Like, come on. Uh, so I never I knew that that was not going to be a thing. I knew that I wanted to do it and have more time to do it because, you know, mm-hmm. being a t- high school teacher and staying out late mm-hmm. on a, no, it just didn't happen. You know, the few yeah. times when I had like a, a show in the middle of the week. Mm hmm. I was like, the kids were like, Miss, what'd you do last night? <laughs> and I'm like, uh. I told some jokes. <laughs> it, was, it was really hard to balance the artistic side of me that wanted to yeah. just set itself free and just be mm-hmm. a writer and be a comedian and actually mm-hmm. own those things and not just like be a teacher who like does stuff on the side kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I thought about it for a long time and I was like, okay, okay well, you know. And I'd been to New York before. I did an improv class um, actually right after my student teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, right before I started my first you know, teaching job, I went to New York for a week mm-hmm. and took a UCB class, uh, the one-on-one intensive, right? Sure. And uh, I was terrified of New York. I mean, I was yeah. so scared. I mean, I loved it. But for me, it was like, you can't live here. Like, mm-hmm. that would be insane of you to do that. Mm-hmm. Also, you have a job that starts in two weeks. So you can't yeah. <laughs> actually well, do that. Um, but then that kind of, I remembered that. And I was like, well, what if you did just move to New York, though? What if yeah. you did that? Um, and then the logistics were, okay, but how are you going to make money? Yeah. Um, so when I first got here, I was very, like, comical. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to walk around the city with my resumes and walk into BuzzFeed and be like, hello, BuzzFeed, I would like a job. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I literally did those things, and BuzzFeed's like, no, you can't go upstairs. Like, you can't. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, so, you know, getting a writing job to mm-hmm. me was – it wasn't going to happen for me that way because I didn't have the experience. Sure. You know, I didn't have really much of a portfolio. I had a, a – manuscript of a book i had you know mm-hmm. some comedy bits but i didn't have like i've been writing for this magazine i didn't have any of that yeah, yeah. um so i went down the next rung if you will mm-hmm. uh i'm a nanny <laughs> i'm a barista uh and i do teach a class right now a comedy writing class um mm-hmm. on monday nights which is yeah, um, nice. awesome so you know i was patching together these these opportunities to make money here mm-hmm. um but uh yeah. yeah. Is that your other question? Yeah, that absolutely does. And okay. it's also one of the things, like, I find more and more, specifically in New York, and I think this is but everyone artistic, everyone who's trying to make a career of it, is if you can find, like, five jobs that you're comfortable doing that actually do pay you for sure, mm-hmm. and you just kind of cycle through those, so you get to, like, that. this is what I do. Like, I... It, it's like a series of part-time jobs, but I kind of view it as freelancing. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I do work at that restaurant, but only twice a week. I'm freelancing. Yeah, you know, Sounds whatever. Sounds so much fancier. Yeah, it does. And then it also is like you make a, 
a wheel where at any point you can go into work a day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you're not doing anything artistic that day, you can, or like productive or whatever you want to call it, you can just go in, make some quick cash, and then go out and mm-hmm. make just that insurance because that is a huge deal. Like trying to do what you're doing and balancing just actually living and the cost of living versus what you want to do. Because I would love to just like not have to do that ever again because mm-hmm. well that's everybody but yeah you know. yeah so uh two questions two final questions mm-hmm. um one what's like and this is mostly just like because i don't know you very well I was like what's your end goal is it just to be an author and then also to do stand-up like is that it yeah i think, I think just so. books and comedy books and comedy yeah comic if, books. if someone could just pay me mm-hmm. to sit in a cabin Mm-hmm. And just write books, mm-hmm. um, and then eventually, every you know x amount of time, I leave the cabin and go do stand up. Yep. <laughs> that people would, yeah. Um, Weirdly, okay. you and I have a similar ideal. <laughs> it's like I want a cabin up in the Catskills, and then a van to bring people up to do podcasts, and then yes. to be left alone. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I would love actually to teach comedy. Yeah. You know, to, to break into a more um, full time teaching comedy role or teaching writing. And mm-hmm. I guess maybe I'd thought about, oh, I could be a professor, I guess. But then I'm like, oh, that's so much work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is. I like that also. That seems like an excellent compromise with the things you wanted to do. Because also, I feel like teaching comedy classes isn't like teaching high schoolers. You know, it's not... It's so different. It's not <laughs> like the that level of stress of like, this is your whole life. It's like, I teach a class every... Like you were saying, like Mondays. Mm-hmm. And then you have adult students who realize, yeah. oh, I have other I, a life outside of this classroom. And they, like, want to be there. Like, the yep. first time I was like, if you guys could just read this a uh, couple pages from this book. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? You're gonna do the homework? Oh my god! <laughs> you want to do this? Oh my god! Or they're like looking forward to come to class, and I'm like, lol. Like that's I just like <laughs> what? You know, it's just like such a. It's blowing my mind. It's it's great. That's wonderful. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Um, the second question that I had, second final, the final question mm-hmm. is, where can fi- people find your stuff? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. Yeah, uh, because. Yeah. You, sh- you should do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, my book is actually coming out September 18th. Nice. Mm-hmm. So it's coming um, through Animal Media Group. Uh, okay. Will be available in bookstores and online. Mm-hmm. Um, in Amazon and all that good stuff. So I will keep you posted on more like pre-sale events and stuff like that. So September, get mm-hmm. ready. Um, in the meantime, in the interlude, uh, you can visit MimiHayes.com. Um, I have a blog. Um, I have a uh, hopefully soon to be podcast mm. uh, that I'm working on right now. Um, so you can find that um, Facebook, uh, Instagram's fun. It, uh, it is. Yeah. It is a fun thing. Yeah, uh, I've, I've been told. Yeah, Mimi Hayes Brain uh, is my handle for uh, for everything. So Twitter, Instagram. I'm not good at Twitter. I wish I was, but mm-hmm. uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great and uh, all that good stuff. So. Wonderful. Well, thank you for being on yeah, and sharing you so your story. Thank you
Hey Tristan. Hey Christina. Do you like anime? I don't know. Do you like me? I, yes. Do you want to watch anime with me? I, I, yes. Do you want to make it into a podcast? I, uh, yes. Great. What's it going to be called? It's called the Animazing Podcast. When it comes out. It comes out every Saturday. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>